Hello guys and welcome to the first episode of Phonetics. Today I'm joined by Varun and Aryan who are two of my very good friends and F1 fans for that matter. We have a lot to discuss, a lot to talk about. It's a one hour long podcast. If you want to listen to it on Spotify, the links will be available down below. I will also be releasing a video footage and then shorter clippings on my channel. So do look out for that. And I'm going to give you two seconds to hit that subscribe button and the like button because it really helps me out. Thank you. All right, let's get into it. Hi guys, so we have two kinds of fans uh, here. I know Varun, uh, Aryan, we went to college together. So all of us are uh, computer science majors. Uh, we all like uh, actually love F1 for that matter. Uh, Varun here has been following F1 for quite some time. Um, uh, goes back to the Vettel days. Uh, whereas Aryan here is quite uh, quite the new addition to the F1 fan base. Um, and that's why it's going to be an interesting perspective of uh, two different uh, fans coming from two different generations. So let's start with uh, Varun. Um, Varun, tell, tell me your story with F1, how you got started into uh, watching Formula One, what you love about the sport. Um, and tell us what you can. So I started around, I think, I would say I was in 2005 or 2006. I used to um, watch F1 beside my uncle and his friends and stuff. And the only names back then I remembered was popping off was Michael Schumacher, which is very obvious, and Fernando Alonso and of course. Kim, Kim, Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> that, that was around 2005 and six. I think that's when... Alonso won two consecutive years with uh, Renault. Yeah. I think. And so, yeah, after that, I was like, okay, just cars going around, typical mentality of watching a race car go around the track. <laughs> <laughs> so, after a few years of gap, I think it was 2008 uh, or something, I was reading the local newspaper, the Delhi Times that comes, and there was this big photo of Hamilton and Massa, if I'm not mistaken. And it was a one-point championship difference by which Hamilton won on the last lap, on the last turn. And it was very controversial because you can say that Glock let him buy on that, but you never know. Anyways, so that's when I the interest peaked that, you know, it's 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 that close in the championship nowadays and stuff. So I think I started watching some races in 2009, Mm -hmm. sort of. Um, and it was 2010 sort of ending of 2009 and starting of 2010 when Vettel's name started popping off, saying that he's a rookie, he's mighty fast and stuff, you know, like how Max entered the sport similar to, was the experience of mine with Vettel. So that's when I was like, okay, like I'll start following this guy more closely as Red Bull is more up up and coming, you know. And yeah, I think it was Abu Dhabi 2010. After that, I, I could never stop. Like I never missed a single practice. Yeah. Neither a single quality. Yeah, yeah. It's been an unreal experience. Right, right. And then uh, obviously Vettel's four years of dominance is of that you know, you you can you just can't get over that, you know. because um, I remember uh, back in I think 2012 it was uh, when uh, we had a Indian Grand Prix, right? Yep. We had it at the both international circuit and 11, 12, and 12. <laughs> yeah. So in 2012, I remember uh, my dad uh my dad's company was actually sponsoring Ferrari. So he got to actually go to the Ferrari paddock right above uh, the uh, where they do their pit stop. And he he came home with this Ferrari jacket, which I still have in my backpack. And I think 
that time he was like it was an amazing race he's like it's a life changing experience and stuff like that and i was like what the hell is talking about you know um but i think yeah 2011 i knew what f1 was but when my dad actually went and saw that and i saw his pictures i think that's when um i just fell in love with it you know that that ferrari red it just attracted me so much but anyways uh, i'll give aryan a chance to um introduce himself and uh, uh, yeah please tell me what your story with f1 is and i know you're a fairly new fan so yeah i want to know i want to know more about that Yeah so like formula 1 was one of those sports which was really interesting to me but for some reason I'd never watched it for years yeah. and a lot of my friends even back when I was in India and when I met Varun here like they're all talking about F1 every week and it, mm. it just seems interesting and I think Varun told me to watch the Drive to Survive series like about a year ago yes and that's the reason basically why I got into <laughs> formula 1 so yeah. I I watched all three seasons and I think uh, at the end of the second season of drive to survive the season was still going on mm-hmm. so i started watching it and this was i think my first race was uh, either the bahrain grand prix last year or sakir grand prix which i won perez yeah. won yeah that yeah, yeah. Was the first one i watched <laughs> yeah and a very exciting race and obviously yeah. perez won he, it was his first win of in course. formula 1 even after like 10 years of being mm-hmm. in the sport mm-hmm. so i really liked perez and his drive and stuff like that and obviously there was this connection of uh, india being connected to like the um what was the name of the team force india force, force india, india. Force india. Yeah. 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 yeah so that, there was that connection as well so i really liked perez and obviously red bull were also interesting because i know a little bit about like the vettel era and you know yes. all that all that stuff so since since i got into it i've seen some of the past races and the mm. 2012 season insane season and stuff of like course. that of course of so course. 2012 <laughs> amazing amazing yeah um but so I, I, and yeah i would say i would say that's why i'm like a red bull fan right now cuz like perez is one of my favorite drivers yeah. and <laughs> red bull is one of my favorite teams so now it sort of works together okay. yeah i think i think i mean you can say like who you want to support and stuff but coming at such a point where netflix is portraying certain teams that certain personalities that's why you think red bull is sort of the good guy and that's mm. why most yeah, yeah. people are going towards red bull but it's like for i I've, i've i've known people who supported since vettelera and have been ferrari fans and have yeah. <laughs> they have certain hate towards red bull max verstappen especially when he came through i remember it was 2016 brazilian grand prix it was wet and what max did there blew everyone everybody's mind because he was overtaking from the outside on the lines where you can never even see the cars yeah and after that race everybody's perspective on max and the way red bull approach sort of changed and they sort of came out of that negative highlight of okay this is the best team they have the best car blah 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 and all that stuff you know and now they're just relying on that fact to win and they're supposed mm-hmm. to first driver and stuff but i think the way netflix portray uh them sort of shine the light in the way christian honor and new work with their drivers the driver mm-hmm. program and all that stuff all right so that's one of the main reasons why more people are a red bull supporter now than just a mercedes fan because they yeah, are yeah for sure no no i think um, it even goes back to the fact that um, uh since the turbo hybrid era mercedes has been constantly dominating and obviously hats off to the team and the drivers as well um no, no, nobody can take it away from them you know like uh that team is pushing the limits i mean with the dash technology they introduced last year like 
nobody thought that was possible that was, right that was genius and, that was, that was and genius. i would expect lower teams to come up with these kind of ingenious solutions like it there were back in the day when when you know ferrari or williams would be the top teams but there were these smaller teams like renault who would come up with an aerodynamics package which helped alonso win two championships right so like the, these are the kind of innovations i would like to see from let's say alpine or like um, uh, alfa romeo but mercedes is doing that and you know they deserve winning seven championships uh yes there have been there have been times where fans have felt like some people are just preferring mercedes over something else and that's why red bull is being the preferred choice but yes obviously red bull has had their fair share of controversy with their driver selection but i think they came to their senses this year like signing perez was one of the one of the best decisions i think they could have uh, they could I have think, made i think yeah i think the point you actually made it's i don't know i mean their driver selection was good always but it's like what i always felt right from the starting when i watched red bull is their preferences always the driver one the driver two was kind of it it goes back to the days i don't know if you guys have ever mark weber or uh, no 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 mark i'll i'll come come to mark i was talking about i think it was 2003 um, or 4 i don't know something like that when it was michael schumacher and rubens barrichello and ferrari and i specifically remember this i've never watched the season but from what i've heard in documentaries and the statements and the news reports it's like they always forced or sort of the team orders for barikalo to let shumakar buy shumakar pass yeah and, and i specifically remember yeah. a specific race where at the finish line he let go of the pedal just to let yeah, shumakar just, yeah, yeah 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 i've i've heard about that yes definitely right? i think i think it was the korean grand prix but i'm not, i'm not sure but right. um, so red bull sort of took on that that persona yeah sort of shadowing the driver too if they are not good enough which every driver is good enough it's just yeah. sort of getting them their right setup according to their needs right. so that they can compete at that level but vettel at that point when he came in he was so raw that his aggression you could say probably the aggression and the sort of um is yeah, i think yeah right there in the team proving everybody wrong as a 90 year old coming into the sport that you know you can directly come out of the shadows and blow everyone away so he was like attacking the corners insanely poles after poles in 2010 11 2013 was actually massive i think he had like 13 victories or something so that was so unheard of so, so think, yeah you can say that he was at his prime during that time right like no, his, no, he uh, he rose to his prime yeah 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 i mean that that would but, that, yeah that was but the a, support red bull gave him yeah. during the initial years yeah from a shift from toro rosso to red bull mm-hmm. is something that was commendable because in toro rosso he was putting in good performances yeah. that italian grand prix win was actually oh, oh, dude that was actually, i remember that no one, no one ever thought it I was that. it was a very wild grand prix yeah but so do you think McLaren behind him on the wets and being able to win that was commendable and they instantly shifted him and the same thing they did with i think Alex Albon and Pierre Gasly they instantly shifted but they never gave them enough time enough space or room yeah exactly True. to develop themselves and prove themselves because Max is someone who is relentless like mm. you of course he is one of the best out there there's no doubt about it but you got to give other people a certain i don't know like settling in period yeah. with the car with the setup because Adrian Newey's setup is 
different. It's more aero-based, I feel, I don't know, um, in comparison to what Alex or uh, Pierre was coming from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I completely get that. And I think um I think that's one of the reasons where um where Red Bull came to their senses in the sense that with Perez, you know, they don't have a choice. He's a contracted um employee from another team, uh, in the sense that um if they want to drop him mid-season, they cannot just swap him with Toro Rosso. Um, mm. um I think when they swap Pierre for Albon, um, I think it was the the dumbest move they could have pulled off mid season you're trying to give mm-hmm. one one young star a new car which is capable of standing at the pole position and then expecting him to deliver you you know everybody can't be max right like i think what their perception was that this guy will he might not be the next max verstappen but he might be like the second to him um but that's just not the case and even with perez like they signed perez but it's not like perez is just like one tenth off of verstappen there is a gap between them but i think they've given him an equal opportunity an equal chance to you know settle in um the starting grand prix for this it's, season with perez was not the best but he grew into it right no, right so, he, he yeah, grew into the yeah, car for sure so, so two two things that you just mentioned here i mean for perez it's the money that also backs him that's yeah. a big thing because his sponsors are actually massive yeah and that's that's actually one of the main things that even kept uh, i think racing point uh, right. in the yeah. game if i'm not mistaken yeah, yeah, yeah. lawrence bot the yeah. uh, the second thing being uh, perez i think made a statement stating that you know he might need i think six or seven races to settle in and Five i think races. His, yeah. uh, something like that and it was exactly his sixth race i think when he uh, directly shot up to the top and was able to do it but he yeah. wasn't consistent with it afterwards mm-hmm. of course that is falling out i don't know whether the team strat is weird let's i think it was the last race itself the brazilian gp when he asked max to give drs to him so that mm. he could be pulled along and hamilton doesn't overtake either yeah. way hamilton was going to overtake yeah. <laughs> yeah it was unavoidable given how the car was performing and how confident lewis was after the sprint what he had delivered but um they could have played it into a team role but i don't think they ever uh, gave them that yes yeah. max or considered that an option because they thought it's a huge threat to max but mm-hmm. either ways hamilton was going for it you yeah. could clearly see the difference yeah i think i think i think after the i think after the first safety car itself in the brazilian grand prix right i felt like the gap just closed between the two drivers right mm-hmm. so there was yeah. there was very minimal chance for anything to go wrong uh the only way max i think in my perception would have won is if there would be rain you know like drivers would have to come in for wets or enters this race would be slow things would be packed i'm pretty sure there would be an incident somebody would have slipped up if interlagos rains are if, if it's a, if if it's rain and if it's brazil i have 100% of my money on max there is yeah, there is definitely if if yeah, you're that's going to try and overtake max yeah. in rain in brazil yeah. then you're either going to crash or yeah. you do it exactly my point yeah. based off of yeah. just one race no no and that, yeah and what the experience i'm talking about is from 2016 because at 2016 he was fairly sort of new yeah. now he has like 5 years of experience from that day so him in rain in this era it's it's going to be absolute madness 
I feel. But and also, like if you look at Hamilton's car, like the biggest advantage Hamilton had, if you come, if you only go off of that race, was the car because the car was phenomenal in that race. Absolutely. And if you if you have rain, then then sort things sort of balance out, I guess. Yeah. So obviously, Max. I yeah, think because being because in front it, play, it sort of uh, levels the playing field. Right, right, right. With rain, even though he had a fresher engine. he cannot use the max potential in exactly because at that point when it's rain it's it's more about the tires and the way you approach the corners and specially which line suits you the most for max it's always has been a different line from most of the other drivers i've seen driving in wet mm-hmm. and that's why i feel but at the same time he's very aggressive in rain which right. i feel i don't know i don't want to say he's not mature enough because he is now back in 2016 he almost crashed if you remember on the yeah yeah, yeah. straight and he somehow managed to not crash and uh, come back and overtake everyone and just yeah. go with it but yeah all right uh, so since we've already started talking about the brazilian grand prix i do have a few questions i want to know your thoughts on so i think just let's start uh, i mean we cannot talk about this grand prix uh, even in coming years without addressing the off track drama that we had that week right um uh, starting with um, obviously the mercedes having their um, uh, having the illegal uh, illegal wingspan for the drs system or whatever that was by by a millimeter or something like that um to want to get into the technicalities of it but yeah and then obviously that's not a decision or uh something that we can comment on but what happened thereafter was for the viewers who uh, don't know what happened is max actually went after qualifying and he was looking at uh the mercedes uh rear wing and he touched it he was fined with i think 50000 euros uh from the fia uh, which the team wouldn't pay but uh, max would pay himself um as a personal fine um what do you guys think i mean see the i know that the cars were under park forming conditions he was technically not allowed to do so but i have seen cases where other drivers have done so uh, so obviously i want to know your thoughts to start with aryan yeah i think um honestly that race it had everything and <laughs> uh, yeah it was a lot to get my head around right but um Yeah, I think the fact that Hamilton won the race is just insane. I mean, yeah. uh, I don't think there's a lot Max could have done, mm-hmm. honestly. Like the, the car was just so fast. I mean, right. and and it's, it's it's sort of it does beg the question. Like, I mean, the thing, the biggest thing is, I don't know how Hamilton always gets Pulls everything off, yeah. right, yeah. but like there's there's a certain level of luck involved too. Like the fact that this was a sprint weekend, and then we found out that the wingspan was like exceeding, yeah, and that's why he like. I mean, the thing is, in a regular weekend, this this would never happen. There's no way Hamilton would have won this in a regular yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. The fact that we were in a sprint weekend. and then we found out that this thing was going on right. it's just i don't know if you like i honestly i'm a I, red bull supporter so do you, but yeah. it's a great drive from hamilton yeah but, but there was uh, a lot of think, luck in do, do you think there was is there any chance like i think this is the question i just came up with right now but like it it's really interesting uh to think about it this way though because i made my last video on mercedes um, and their mind games that they're playing um one of the interesting things that came to my mind recently was a uh do you guys think that, that this could be preplanned um by any chance like do you think that they could have been like let's just keep our car illegal the worst we're going to get is 
we start from behind we anyways have a good package coming into this race max will somehow finish in the top 10 in the sprint race and then it will be an easier race for him and they would probably expect him to finish in the top 5 but obviously like you said things went his way the just car was just bloody insane let's like so um, th- that's all you can say about that car that day like i was looking at hamilton cornering and overtaking the backfield and i was like yeah. dude <laughs> i think this race is gone like i should shut the laptop down and oh. just wait for that instagram post <laughs> him holding the trophy so yeah varun go ahead to to your question the car was never illegal in the first place so what happened is when the car left um the pits right. for quali Right. they the wingspan was under 85 millimeters mm-hmm. because they gave a statement about it and if i if i i think always have the plans and the measurements of everything right so the car leaves for quali because that's when park park tourme starts right uh, after p3 and right before the car goes out to the track in qualifying one so when the car went out the uh, wing was fine when the right. car came in and if i check uh it came out to be i think one or two millimeters above as you were saying before the wing span and that's when the video surfaced of him checking the wing and all that mm-hmm. stuff whatever and they could make a case saying that he might have done something which right. is of course not a possible uh, yeah because i specifically say this because i saw hamilton in 2000 i think it was 9 9 or 10 i don't know he was in mclaren and he was giving an interview in the mclaren um, hq right. so you know all the fleet of cars that stands outside he was in one of those cars giving the interview he stood on the front wing of the car and right. he was yeah. doing calf raises and he yeah, was saying the wing is actually so strong you could jump on it and it won't break and it actually does not yeah. so how can a human possibly do something like max yeah, yeah exactly and yeah Let's exactly. That's, that's you're exactly stupid. right on this. You're exactly yeah. right on this. I mean, there's no conspiracy that Mercedes like did this on purpose, but uh, like and and also like Max couldn't do anything to that car. I mean, he just touched the wing. That's it. Right. And for that, he got a fifty thousand dollar fine. Right. I mean, I understand that you want to make things strict, and I guess <laughs> if they continue giving fines from this point on for like park right. firm violations or right. whatever, then I guess it's fine. But fifty thousand was. But I think so, much. But I think uh, I think moreover, this question more so relates to the fact that okay, he was given a fine. I understand that. I mean, like you said, they're trying to be strict. They're trying to maintain uh, a single regulation for everyone. But I think uh, the bigger question is when other drivers have been seen doing the same thing. um they haven't been penalized just because it was after the race and not before the race right no even even after the race i think you're not allowed to change. exactly yeah, that, yeah. yeah so that's yeah. what but, I, i was coming into but so if i don't know i i personally haven't ever seen anyone touching the car that's the thing for me so, so yeah but like so what i'm talking yeah so, no but exactly. vettel has never touched the car no, dude, fair enough but like what are you going to do with actually no actually I, like I, gonna... i i would like to uh, i would like to point something out here so there was a video of vettel that surfaced uh, on twitter um where he actually moved the whole car he huh? actually yeah he actually so he put his foot on the mercedes and he rolled that vehicle up and down that oh, video but but okay okay so so on that note his foot must have been on the tire and not any of the body parts no so he was touching the wing and then 
he put his foot and he moved the car as well so he touched the wing he looked at uh, one of the side plates the side panels that's used for yeah. the aerodynamics and stuff i think that was the red bull and then he went to the mercedes he checked the mercedes as well and nobody said anything to him which is fine i understand because the fi's justification to that was that the race already ended the results okay. were already out so anyways okay. that car had to go for to get refurbished for the next race or whatever so there was okay. no case to be made whereas in max's case the car was yet to be used and the car just True. came out of qualifying right True. but like aryan said they're trying to make things strict so i think that that singularity mm-hmm. is what i'm trying to point i think fia okay. should maintain that uh, no i mean i i agree with the penalty everything. yeah i i agree with the penalty in the sense that of course it wasn't justified just touching yeah. didn't change anything yeah. but the penalty was sort of to impose the fact that no one should be doing it for doing the, this from now on yeah right yeah. right yeah if, if they, so, yeah, if if they if, continue the yeah. penalty then it's fine yeah exactly that's what, it's a one off yeah, that's what my yeah that's what my point was i think right. if if they see any other driver do this and not penalizing them in the future i think they're going to yeah. get uh, of course that's questionable uh, enough for backlash. them yeah um but yeah i think anyways yeah so the next thing i want to bring up is like we talked about hamilton catching up to red bull with all of these penalties and one thing that's important to note here that was that it was a sprint qualifying so yeah i just want to know your thoughts on how you guys feel about sprint qualifying we had three races this year i think one was in italy uh silverstone and then um sao paulo the first two races i think there was a huge mix up in the midfield and i kind of like that but obviously i want to know your opinion so varun go ahead so um i started following formula 2 i think a year two years back and right. that's when i realized the concept of reverse grid sprint races and two or three day race weekend and stuff and it looked pretty interesting because uh, i think most of the viewers might not know in formula 2 which is the lower version of f1 they have identical cars but different teams so you are exactly driving the same thing just same specs same spec car exactly yeah. same specs yeah. everything is the same just the driver is different and the team branding is different right so i think they also run different aero packages if i'm not wrong that yeah. sort of differs a bit yeah. but it doesn't add like 0.5 or 0.6 second difference between the cars yeah yeah, yeah. not more than that i mean yeah so the sprint race like the sprint qualifying as a concept is pretty fantastic in mm-hmm. f because the plane qualifying seems kind of boring it it became boring over this hybrid era especially because the spacing out between the cars increased yeah increased in comparison to the pre hybrid era that is like the 2008 to 2013 because yeah. if if you guys remember or if you guys might have read somewhere 20 2008 2010 2012 even 13 were one of the closest closest seasons, yeah right i think Correct. it was 2012 seven different race winners in the yeah. first seven races seven different teams it's unheard of like yeah. and the championship was anyone could have won i think in 2010 there were four or five drivers that could have won the championship on the last day but it was battle who reigned supreme and won it mm-hmm. so that that just goes to show that you have a big gap in the field and so back to the sprint qualifying thing the sprint qualifying sort of bridges the gap and gives the fan more of a racing content so it's pretty exciting for us to see more right. racing in the field both on saturday and on sunday right but the way they implemented it is where my issue lies with it firstly the point system is horrible because if you are just awarding 3 points all the hassle that f1 team has to go through 
to rebuild the car after sprint if it if it gets damaged just for very little points is i don't know doesn't seem justifiable to me yeah. and secondly, especially the big, for the teams who know that they're not going to finish in those points anyway exactly exactly yeah. right so yeah. it it sort of comes so let's take the example of um, russell let's say like in one of the sprint he might finish 10th but you know in the next race like his i don't know he can finish in top 10 but in the next race his tire choice changes his whole strategy changes but it's pretty difficult for williams to even sustain at that level given yeah. the track given the circumstances all that factors exactly exactly so you need to widen out how many points you give to the top 10 that's right. one thing right same for the constructor same for the fastest lap the same sort of similar structure to the final weekend but a little less points me secondly the penalty system needs to change for the <laughs> whole behind that's that's the whole different conversation we can have right right that's yeah. that's a different conversation in yeah. itself and i think we need to have this once the new regulations come through for the next season yeah. because for now i cannot term as a fan how much of a penalty would be justifiable enough mm-hmm. because for mercedes any penalty is not is not yeah, clearly but but if you give the same penalty to i don't know maybe even mclaren or alfa tauri they're done for like it's yeah yeah unheard of them coming even to a top 10 finish from that such kind of a penalty for sure if, if as you said before uh, there's one thing that i disagree with you too you said if this was a normal weekend mercedes wouldn't have been able to do it i feel they would still breeze with it like their car was actually insane on that weekend sure yeah. but then with, if, i don't think they can come back from 20th with, yeah. like yeah a, i mean i, I mean, mean i so, think i think so i would spring, like to on, on definitely spring, not first i'm saying no, they can no, finish yeah. top 5 but not first Yeah, I mean that's damage limitation. What else do they want? Yeah, that, yeah. no, I agree. So that, but yeah, then, so in sprint, yeah. in sprint, he remember in sprint in twenty four laps he did what seventeen overtakes? Yeah, fifteen yeah. overtakes, yeah. right? Yeah. And after that, he still got a five place penalty. Now think about this: the twenty five grid place penalty on Friday, uh, on on Saturday would essentially mean he's starting back of the grid. He can yeah. just come in new components, no damage happening, and yeah. he can damage the limitation. It's a win win for him either way. Yeah, yeah. right so yeah. for mercedes it's when either ways until unless he crashes outside mm-hmm. or something else happens and i think um, i think more so my point goes about mercedes not being able to finish um, even on a normal weekend was um, was only fired by uh, by their performances wherever i've seen mercedes as a car is not built to run behind other cars right their heating exactly. issues have already have always been a problem right mm-hmm. if you go back to to 2019 austria right or actually mm-hmm. if you go back to every race they've had in austria over the years they have always had heating issues mm-hmm. even at temperatures which are much cooler if the car is running behind another car in a dirty air that car is done for but like you mentioned um it's just it's just how to do damage limitation and it's just very nice of them to just sit at the back get new parts and then they know that williams Alfa Romeo, McLaren, and Ferrari—at least for the past two seasons—are not also, going to be a problem I, for them. I'm going. I'm going to stop you here because um, I think if this was Bottas, there's no way they're finishing first. I feel given yeah, his, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, yeah, that, 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 but, that, but, but yeah, yeah, given yeah. his but if this was 2019 Bottas, he would have done it. Yeah, yeah. he would have done it. 2019 prime Bottas I've ever seen. I could have. Uh, yeah, I could have bet my money. But, but if it was nico rosberg he's finishing first there's no doubt yeah, yeah yeah there's no doubt it's just it's just a matter of confidence and where you are with your mindset connected to the yeah, 
exactly. if you're feeling the car totally in that weekend, then you know you're doing it. Like as I think Hamilton mentions it quite often, but no one believes it. But they believed it this weekend that right. if you believe in something, you can actually do it. And he's been doing it for the past seven years. That's right, why right. consistency is always there, right? Yeah. So it just goes. Yeah, but then but... both a factor of team and the driver. no i mean the driver does play an important role in this situation but the i think it does like bring up a question that we should ask of formula 1 is yeah. that if you get disqualified from a quali then you could just change all of the parts that you need and you're still going to be starting at the back of the grid during yeah. the sprint and yeah. the mm-hmm. fact that you now have like a sprint race and then an actual race and mm-hmm. the sprint race doesn't really mean a lot like mm-hmm. because they don't have a lot of points involved right. it doesn't really make a difference whether you finish 5th or you finish 7th like that's right. not a very massive difference like is it is it fair to allow teams like let's so, say someone gets disqualified and then they can change all of their parts and then come back in the race and still win it does that seem like something a sport should allow i know the driver is brilliant yeah. and the team is brilliant right. but exactly should that be possible is the is, okay. the is the sprint format so correct? so to your your question i don't know if your confusion is what i'm reading so it's like you are saying if they are disqualified from quali they change their parts and start at the back of the sprint or the race which one are you talking about no i mean because they they anyways uh, like let's say it's a sprint weekend we had this time so basically okay. what they did was the car was illegal and hamilton's lap time during quali was just taken off so now the next event is the sprint and then you have to start at the back of the grid right but at that point hamilton could have like if if he knows that he he can so, so now he doesn't have he doesn't just have the race weekend he also has a sprint right yeah. so he could have let's say taken a full engine not a full engine replacement but like i think he got a five place penalty he could change certain other parts and i think there's another one for like a 10 place grid penalty yeah. that's a whole engine certain whole other engine. The, yeah. he just changed okay. the yeah. ice for this one yeah. so if you whole, change whole so he engine. could have he could have changed the whole engine mm-hmm. and ideally his car would have performed even better because it's mm-hmm. a newer engine right and he knows that sprint no one's going to really go for it because there's not much points involved so the the lower teams they they i mean yes the like those places for like the pole position is up for grab for the top teams and all of that but like the lower teams they're not going to challenge a lot because let's say something happens let's say a lower team yeah. is not going to yeah. defend as much yeah obviously right, than in a, in an actual race because in an actual race like if you think about it from uh let's say uh, alpha tari's point of view or like mclaren's point of view yeah. they're going for the third fourth position they're in a midfield battle they don't care if the first person if the guy who's finishing first is going to is going to like really they they don't mind hamilton finishing up front in front yeah. of them i i get they're what you're saying battle, i think right yeah, so think, the thing is the thing yeah. is for for those cars they're going to still defend a lot when hamilton's coming if they're finishing in the top 10 positions right but mm-hmm. in a sprint quality in a sprint quality there's no way they're going to finish in the top 3 mm-hmm. there's absolutely no way they're getting any points for that it's Unless just a one is... or two place position yeah. difference which is yeah. which we as, as we know in a formula 1 race it's all on the start that you have you can easily yeah. make up two places even if you're starting 13th or something because because a lot of things go may go wrong in the first corner right, right. there's a right. lot of things involved in that so right. for them they won't be defending against hamilton in a sprint race 
as much as they would in an actual race because True. the 10th position you can get points just just by finishing 10th right. from the 10th to 5th and that's where these teams want to finish mm-hmm. actually but in a sprint there's no way in hell they're going to they're going to be even if they if they have their best drivers and best performance and best car there's right. no way they can finish in the top 3 in a sprint of course so i mean course. that sort of does come so, into like yeah. i th- i think that's the reason you said there we needs to be a better point uh system implemented in this but, point and but a better penalty is. system but a right, right, penalty right. system as well and the yeah, thing yeah, yeah, you're sure. mentioning is absolutely correct because this is a discussion that i've had with many people over mm-hmm. the years i've met they might have known fn for a year they might have known fn for a decade doesn't matter everyone asks the same question because this is something that is i don't know it is consistent in the terms of the penalty they deliver like a right. 10 Uh, sorry, ten place or a five place grid penalty, yeah. you know. Um, so that wise, they are consistent, but it's not consistent as to the team they are putting the penalty to. Because right. for Mercedes, any place penalty is not going to be justified given the way they have developed the car over the years. Mm-hmm. But the same penalty would be very harsh on the lower teams. Let's say right. Alpha, you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I don't it. this penalty discussion would only come into actual foresight when they are changing the rules for the next year which they already have till great extent mm-hmm. they are still yet to finish up and release i think a new version at the end of uh, right. this fn calendar year if i'm not wrong right. that's when they need to have the discussion about and i think it's the winter testing that's really going to see how how much closer the cars actually are yes the non drs parts going to play yeah. how the following is going to be and all of those are going to sort of come into play when they are deciding okay how much penalty do we need to give what's the standard do we need to set because they definitely need to change right but i don't know seeing fn for the past decade i don't think they're going to change but who knows yeah, i mean but but this is an interesting question for sure like does sprint quality mm-hmm. work right now and right. i th- i think the clear answer right is it now, doesn't work right now it do- i i think it I, th- i i also it does it from doesn't... a marketing perspective but it yeah. doesn't I mean, yeah like race perspective yeah. because the points up for grabs are actually... brings in brings in more viewers for sure true, um true. For yes sure. but then i i but, think it's too um, much not, racing but but at the expense opinion. of um, i think it's just at the expense of uh, the lower um, teams, the teams. Sure. yeah the yeah. lower teams yeah. for sure and, and and like um like i agree with both of your points and um and to just add to it the fact that um teams like williams and alfa romeo and i'm specifically talking talking about these two because and has actually and these three teams are consistently performing bad for the past number of years and f1 knows this clearly like they are getting the smallest uh smallest size of the pie um, yeah. out of the whole bunch of money that red uh, uh, that the f1 gives to these teams and they have the low, lowest sponsors williams had to change their ownership um and m- multiple of these teams have to they have to rely on sponsorships completely to even have for once i know that alfa romeo recently only opened a wind tunnel in their facility they didn't even have money to have a wind tunnel so aero seems don't yeah so, so aerodynamics is just going to be shit you just know it off the bat so it's just like and i completely agree with aryan when he says that if a mercedes car is coming and i'm driving an alfa romeo and if i'm a driver i have that competitive spirit but i also do have common sense right i know that my battle is not for the first my battle is for 10 exactly. maybe maybe ninth so 
I can just let him buy and then focus on my race, right? This, and this, not, yeah. not, 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 not this, this, this works. This works because, in the sprint quality specifically because <laughs> right. there's no exactly. there, there's no way so, I'm gonna finish up in. And, this, and, I, and one thing I want to point out, and one thing I want to point out, if you see Hamilton coming in your rear wing, okay, and you're <laughs> Alex Albon, right? And for example, Alex <laughs> Albon is in the Williams, like he will be next year. And it's Interlagos 2019. <laughs> you uh, know you're not going to defend him because you're just going to spin around, right? Yeah, right. Even in 2019, Hamilton got a five-second penalty, right? Then he still, he's still, debatable. Right? Debatable. yeah, he's still doing great, right? So it just begs the question that does penalty system? It, it's really hard for even F1 or the FIA officials to come up with a penalty system that's fair because mm. of this huge. performance difference but i think that that performance difference is still going to be there next year right of course um, of course I, i'm not going to i'm not going to bet my money on williams being in top 5 mm. i can probably bet on top 10 but not top 5 no way that i'm doing that because they just I mean, the there money. are there are only 10 teams so they can so, sorry no 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 so my dad like, <laughs> yeah so then i was thinking about i, I was thinking yeah, about yeah. racing i know, I, know. I, i i was saying that i i can never see a williams finishing in the top uh, top 5 even next year right yeah, yeah. uh probably with the with the new era coming in over the years mm, maybe doubtful but, but but yeah doubtful but so yeah. even if there was a chance that would be a long way in the future mm. we can bet our money on teams like ferrari or mclaren who mm. who are potential winners right and mm. you know they can probably invest a lot and i feel like they are investing a lot so, next upcoming right so this 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 plays a lot into the financial cap they just introduced and so as you were talking about the wind tunnel that just reminded me of the financial uh, cap and the financial system they just changed right. for upcoming seasons so uh, uh, the money is distributed differently now so the top teams get less money and the lower teams are sort of getting more money relatively to the previous time so that they can because the top teams don't need to develop more but the bottom right. teams do need to do develop need to, yeah Yeah, right? yeah. So for the wind tunnels, uh, I think most of them don't have wind tunnels in their specific thing, but there is a specific place where everyone goes to yeah. for the tunnel testing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what have I, th- I? If I'm not mistaken, and if I write correctly, they have limited the aerodynamics and the testing wind tunnel testing. Time. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that's even implemented this base. year. That's even exactly. implemented this year. So, yeah. so that that adds to the fact uh, with the with the fact that they're getting more money. if they even come one position higher from 10 to 9th in constructors right? right but mercedes going from 1 to 2 or 2 to 1 is not going to make a much difference on them because they right. already have shit tons of them right people. right right so this is definitely going to help the lower teams but it's just the penalty system that we were talking about mm-hmm. need some sort of a framework if not a point by point right. as to how they are supposed to go and i think it's something that needs to be talked with the drivers association specifically right. because like just for the example you mentioned for alex albon a 5 second penalty wasn't fair enough but if you think about a 5 second stop go penalty as it used to happen in the previous times that would have been impact that would have been different a lot because that right? adds to a 20 second uh 20, 20 second window then, plus yeah. a 5 second yeah. stop go right yeah. even though he can change tires he has a rocket ship that's fine but <laughs> but i mean it depends on the race it depends on the weather it depends on the tire type it depends right. on how the car is performing and all that right. stuff but for mercedes apart from i think i think 2 years ago silverstone everything was fine yeah so <laughs> like, i think uh, i think in conclusion so. i feel like it's it's just a it's just finding the right balance between equalizing all the teams performance 
in a right. sense uh, and then obviously implement yeah. because i think penalty system is something that will always be a question of debate right True. Uh, even if they change the rules there will be people who like it there will be teams who don't like of it of course you can't because, be because that's the situation in every case but i think a, a, a good uh, sweet spot uh, between balancing the performance between the teams and the point, uh, and the penalty system would be uh, would be the best way to go but yeah there's a there's a lot to wait for the next year uh, all right anyways before concluding our meeting today i i i do i i can't end this week without talking about alfa tori uh, alfa tori um, not alfa tori actually uh, alfa romeo who already signed uh, valtteri bottas i think a couple of weeks ago but the second driver um, antonio giovinazzi yeah mm-hmm. to to obviously leave the team for another driver how do you guys feel about valtteri joining this team and uh, pairing him up with a newcomer um, your thoughts aryan good yeah i have no idea who the new guy is cuz i yeah. don't watch f2 yeah but i think <laughs> jovanazzi has had like good performances this season at least right. some of them right um and i think that's they expected more out of him considering right. that he's been with the team for the past 2 3 years i think i think but... i could i could have framed my question a little bit better in the sense that uh, do you guys feel alfa uh, romeo is kind of making the same mistake that you would say red bull did in the sense trying not to give their drivers good space because mm-hmm. I, i i'm specifically so, i'm specifically not happy with this decision that this team came up with because this driver is very comfortable in this team right right they, yeah. he knows this car so going into a new era he already knows how the team functions he still knows that that aerodynamic package will not change at least it will not change completely i know the rules and regulations will change the car up but he knows the team and he knows how everything functions so i think changing him i i feel like they could have given him another year to see what his complete potential was because i feel like i don't know if you guys have seen it but i've seen the onboard camera uh, footage for antonio every starting of the race this guy has amazing overtaking capabilities like i'm not kidding like kimi raikkonen and this guy they have a lot of overtakes especially in the first lap obviously because the everything is packed but you still need a good control over your car right. to even perform these this kind of thing and even over the course of the grand prix this guy has been consistent i don't remember him crashing out a lot i don't remember remember him uh, you know creating a fuss with the team he's always followed team orders even though there were not much to follow but he's always been a team player so i just feel like i just feel a little sad for the guy who's not been given his chance you know um Whereas on the other hand, Valtteri Bottas bringing him in, I don't know what your thoughts are. So yeah, obviously go ahead. So, yeah, I mean, like okay. I think I think the thing is, I re I don't mind Antonio Giovinazzi in the car because if yeah. you think about it, Alfa Romeo has has they have to beat Haas and uh, Williams, right? Right. That's their main two competitions, I would say. Yeah. And uh, at this point. you are adding in valtteri bottas who is a race winner i know kimi raikkonen is a world championship winner and has yeah. a lot of experience but uh, like valtteri bottas within the hybrid uh, era has been at the front of the grid a lot of times yeah. he knows how to win races he has a lot of experience with this sort of a car right. and putting him in the team really does bring the experience level up i would say yeah. because even though kimi is a very experienced driver in the hybrid era Bottas has been has at the been, front. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so it's yeah. it's definitely a good addition good to the yeah. team yeah. than Kimi, who's you know off and on sometimes during yeah. the races. Yeah. Um. When it comes to Jovanazzi, I think 
putting in Bottas in with Giovinazzi would have been great for Giovinazzi as well. Right. Just because of having the experience of a race exactly. winner exactly. Uh, in the hybrid era, you know. Exactly. And I, I, I don't think Giovinazzi has been that terrible this season, especially that he yeah. doesn't get a seat in Formula 1. I mean, yeah. if you think about Haas, they've been terrible and part of it is that they removed both their drivers and now they have two rookies coming in. I think... And also the new guy coming in from F2, I... I, I I'm assuming he's going to be good, but the point is being a rookie in the upcoming season is going to be really tough yeah. because the cars are going to be like, exactly. And it's, different. it's like your first of the batch, right? It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like if you're going to a school that's just open, yeah, you don't have any seniors, right? So it's like ahead of you, it's just, yeah, dark. So you are it's the, yeah, so you are the one lighting up the torch, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, it's nothing, it's nothing similar because the aerodynamics is from this season and next season is going to be insane. different. True. So exactly. I would much rather be a rookie in in coming in like Sonoda came in yeah. Uh, yeah. with a car that is somewhat I know F two and F one is is different yeah. but it's somewhat similar and you've seen and, these kind of cars go yeah. in and I feel and, it's and I feel it's not just about the cars it's also about the the whole routine the team yeah the yeah. whole routine of a of a whole F one season because you know F one season is rigorous in terms of physically mentally you're traveling you're constantly training. And you're constantly up for PR meetings, this, that, 10,000 bullshit that you have yeah. to deal with. So I think as a rookie, if he was introduced this year, I think it could have been so much easier for them to go back there. But let's hear Varun. Okay. I mean, so to the point of Botas, I was actually reading the news right before we sat down for this uh, meeting. Um, Botas would have stayed in Mercedes if they handed him a multi-year contract, like a two-year contract. Right. But said, he said on the F1 uh, Beyond the Grid podcast that I was watching the other day, um, that I, I straight up talked to Toto and I asked him, can you give me a two-year contract or two-year or more? He said, no, at the moment I cannot. So he was like, okay, this is my sign to leave and start something new, a new right. project in my right. life, essentially, similar to what Vettel had is in mind. Right. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, so him coming in Alfa Romeo is good because he gets a new environment, a new start, a different less pressure. Different. Of course, yeah, that's definitely the, less that's pressure. The biggest point, and, I think. and and him being the lead driver, yeah, the new coming yeah. in, um, yeah. so he would he would be able to help develop the car into something better. Right. Um, Kimi leaving, that's I think his own decision. I don't think the team decided for yeah. him to leave. Yeah. And, and I think I think people still underestimate Kimi, as in like he's yeah. eight, he can't drive. Yeah. All the points that Alfa Romeo has till date in this season is all yeah. by it's Kimi. It's all Kimi. Yeah. Giovinazzi only got a single point by finishing tenth in one race. Yeah, that was yeah. just by barely by a margin. Yeah, but I'm not not saying that Giovinazzi is not good. He is yeah. good because I I I think it was only a single race in this whole season where he finished below fifteenth. All major races he was eleventh, fourteenth. And some, and I think one was 16th and one was where he was 10th. So he's a consistent driver. And and I've seen races where he didn't have audio for the whole race. He still drove brilliant. He finished 11th. I don't know yeah. how he did that. Mm-hmm. So there are there are instances which shows, you know, Giovanazzi is a deserving is a good, Yeah, yeah, definitely. But to say that they are rushing in like Red Bull is sort of, I feel wrong because Giovanazzi had enough time in the car to prove himself, which he sort of did. Yeah. But the second driver coming in is F2's, I think, second contender. Like he's running second for the champion yeah, yeah. or something. And secondly, 
I think it's probably money comes into the effect because I remember yeah. this tweet. It says FN FN is sort of a brutal place when it comes to money, which is yeah. very obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all know that Perez wouldn't have signed into Red Bull if he didn't have that big of a sponsor coming in with him because Red Bull needed that money to develop and start a new relationship in engine manufacturers. I mean, I mean. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, so, talk about Lance Stroll, dude. Like he's in, he's in a car because yeah, he's bringing yeah. in money. So this no, yeah. so so yeah, that that was a point that I used to make. But yeah. he drives, he drives good at. No, no, not that he's a bad he's driver. He's improved now. But he's but, improved. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, that, that's a fact to consider. Correct. Yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. Why do you think Nikita Mazepin has been exactly, in exactly, right. exactly? Do you think the whole driver lineup changed? It's been. Yeah. Nikita's that bought shares in the company that is making it survive. Yeah, and, and yeah, with Haas, so much so, so much so that you have a Russian flag on an American team. Yeah, it's basically, yeah, it's actually funny. It, but it's Haas. It's Haas. Money it, talks. It, but money and talks, with Haas, with Haas, like Aryan also made this point that they brought in two new drivers, rookie drivers, uh, to a completely new season, which is definitely not helping them. I think Roman Grosjean or. Uh, Kevin Magnuson would have done would have been better. Mag- at Magnuson least something. Would have been better. At Magnuson least, is a yeah, fantastic driver. At least something with that shitty package that Haas is giving. But I personally feel like Haas themselves have no motivation for this complete season. Yeah. Like in winter testing itself, they were like, we are in this season because we already signed a contract to stay in F1 for the next few years. I remember they signed a contract. I don't remember okay. the name. Um. But I just feel like they are like, okay, cool. We know that our package is not the best. Yeah. For the next year. Let's just mm-hmm. bloody focus on the next year. We don't really want to get into a fight where we know we're not competitive. Like, right. look at Gunter Steiner, dude. Like, this year, <laughs> I can't even see him on the paddock, you know. Like, no. Last year, he would be on uh, on with Martin Brundle and, you know, talk yeah, shit about yeah. other, shit, uh, other <laughs> stuff. I see press conferences with... Uh, him and, and no longer is there fire within him, you know, like there's no zeal to even compete. I remember the first few years when Haas came in, they were battling with Renault, dude, like legit mm. battling yeah. with Renault. Yeah. And now all of a sudden finding themselves to the back of the pack. And I think it was just their, um, I don't know if I should say this, but I just felt like it was their beginner's luck at the time. Like everything, the situation with McLaren being with Honda and not things not working out, this pushed them back. Um, Renault was still trying to figure out what was going on in uh, in that season, and that that just played into Haas's hand with a good package. I'm not saying their package was bad that year; it was pretty damn good. But uh, their driver lineup is something that was always commendable because both of their drivers, I think, uh, got got a hundred percent out of that car. Like Kevin Magnussen drove that car to full potential, even though um, there have been there have been times that I didn't appreciate uh, what he did on track or off track, but um, he was, he's brilliant as a driver. And then, like you said, money, money talks, right? So Hmm. yeah, bringing in two drivers, but I think with Haas, it's also like, you know, they brought two rookies. They, they used to F1. Now they go into a new era. They'll just be, I mean, I think one of the rookies was unavoidable because yeah, if your yeah. dad buys a good chunk of the team and mm. you obviously want your son to be in the team. Yeah. So I think that was unavoidable. Yeah. The other one, Mick, I think was really good in F2. And yeah. it, it he did deserve a seat, I guess. So it's, it's I was it's hoping, going, but I was actually secretly hoping for Mick to go to Alfa Romeo instead so, of us. So but because he was a Ferrari, he yeah. 
he is a Ferrari, a Ferrari premier driver, program right. so yeah, automatically yeah. it connects him to go to that place but yeah, right then which is very surprising to me um i think the only reason was uh, like, didn't, so yeah the only reason i felt was uh, um i think haas was a good team in in the sense that they they actually treated both the drivers equally if you see uh, see see all the seasons throughout um they did not leave it to one driver to you know do their job so i think uh, it was fair for them to you know let go of both the drivers at the same time but again they signed mick only because he was amazing in f2 and i think he just deserves so much better he, no he, he the, yeah. i was just searching to confirm because he won the last uh, 2020s championship yeah yeah he won the f2 mm. championship he, obviously yeah he won so, the championship by 15 points and right. callum eilert was second and yeah. uh, sonoda was third which is right. ரைட்ட in the uh, belgium so, grand prix is a qualifying dude that guy i mean but then again it it comes to the point that in belgium grand prix it was wet so it's it was it, it was but for that guy to achieve that lap time was brilliant no but it, then again that's what i'm saying it comes down to the driver when it's wet because exactly those lines exactly there's exactly. no replicating it between the drivers because exactly. you have that confidence and um i think go up yeah and i think i would want to make another point in the sense that um, i think williams is one team that i find um produces some of the very very good drivers i think you see valtteri bottas like look at him i mean yeah. it's it's again a mercedes driver program so no definitely but i just feel like this scout and bring, it's similar yeah, to red bull yeah, and red bull yeah. also and alfa right, tauri right, now right 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 so yeah. if all the top 3 teams have their driver programs yeah, so yeah, yeah. essentially they do scout but um, yeah 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 All right uh, anyways thank you guys for joining in today it was an amazing discussion um and i will hope to see you guys in uh, further more discussions uh, after the season especially um thank you guys for watching this and i will see you guys in the next one bye bye